Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Hey, and um, just so you know, all of you dads, I think y'all are pretty sweet. And so we got some candy bars out there for you too on your way out. Yes. Anybody? That's good. That's good. Sweet connection. Get it? Sugar? Yeah? Hey, come on. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for all you're doing here in our midst, and we pray, God, that you would lead us. Holy Spirit, you are the best teacher, period. And so I pray, Lord, that you would teach, you would take these words and teach. Lord, help me now, help me to hear your voice. Um, if, If there's anything you want me to share that I haven't prepared, this is all for you anyways. So use this, Lord. Speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're continuing on in the season. We're in a season of transition. We are moving into this fresh identity as a church of Rise Church, where God has called us to rise up, where he's called us for our prayers, our worship, for us to rise up. He's calling us to rise up. And we've laid out our mission for our church that uh, we are those who are helping people take steps in their relationships with Jesus, right? It's discipleship broken down into today's terms. We are on mission to help people take steps in Jesus. And we've laid out our vision that we will be a church dedicated to sound theology coupled with the authentic power of God. This is, this is what we're after. And one of the, the guiding frameworks, one of the guiding statements that we've used over the past little bit is that if it's not God's way, all the way, the blessing will be delayed. We saw this with, um, well, we saw this with the people of Israel as they went into the desert. If it's not God's way, all the way, there's going to be a delay in that blessing. We see this with Jonah, right? And on and on and on. We can continue to see this all throughout all throughout the scriptures. And we've been using this to begin uh, evaluating what we do as a church and how we do it. So we've been saying, is what we're doing and how we're doing it, is this God's way? Or is it some sort of religion cultivated by culture? Is this God's way? And as we continue on in this vein, I want to prompt this question. What is the God way in terms of leading a church? What's the God way in terms of leading a church? Now, allow me to paint you a picture. I have this conviction that the church should be something absolutely beautiful, that it should be 
that we should be something that's unified and stuck together and deeply knit, working harmoniously together, that we should be growing in a knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he looks like and what he should look like in and through us, that we should be maturing in the ways of Jesus, that we should not be those who are confused or swept away by the doctrines and the the thoughts of this culture, but we should be deeply grounded in the scripture, that we should walk in humility, that we should walk in gentleness, that we should walk in patience, and that we should walk in love. Now, let me ask you this question. Is the world around us looking like this? No. Why? Because they ain't doing it the God way. All the way. And so the blessing is delayed. So how, how do we get there? How do we, how do we get to this type of vision? I believe that this is Jesus' vision for the church. How, how, do we, how do we get there? Now, before I de- uh, delve too deeply into this, I, w- I want to uh, address this. There's some misconceptions within our culture around the word church. Right? A lot of us, when we say church, we think oh yeah, there's a church, there's a church, there's a church as we point to buildings. But the Bible says that we are the church. We, us, we, the people of God. We are, we are the church. And so religion gets focused on what the building looks like. Relationship gets focused on what people look like. The church is the people. So let's, let's think back. How did God create humanity to function? If church is the people, right? Come along with me. How did God create humanity to function? So let's go back to Genesis chapter one, right? Before anything else, there was God. The word was with God and the word was God. John chapter one. Genesis chapter one, Father speaking, the spirit hovering over the waters. So you got Father, Son, Holy Spirit right there before the creation of all things. He speaks because he has authority and because he has power to do that, okay? So he speaks, everything is created, and then he gets Adam and Eve and puts them in the garden and tells them to keep this. In essence, what he's doing in this very moment, in Genesis 1.26, let's just read this real quick. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make in our image, make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. That is the Hebrew word rada. Someone say rada. Da da da. Rada. Let them have dominion over it. And so what is happening in this moment is that God, having all power and authority, is now deciding that he is going to share this power and this authority with humanity. Notice it's not giving completely over. You don't have complete power, complete authority over all of this. It's a sharing. It's a stewardship. I'm allowing you into this, and I'm calling you to, to steward this as um, uh, to glorify me. And so what does that look like? There's responsibilities to pay attention to creation. There's responsibility to, to care for it. There's a responsibility to give names to. Right? And we could go on and on there. But the fact that I want you to get is that as humanity was created, God decided that it would be right for him to take some of that power and some of that authority and share it with humanity. And 
In fact, this is a big part of the whole concept of discipleship also. So discipleship is this process where now we're pouring into someone and helping them get to a place where they can steward power and authority and then bring others along in that process also. So God created the world to function within submitted authority. Now let me tell you one of the reasons why this is so, 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 so important. We remember that uh, if a people does not have vision, they cast off restraint, right? Where does vision come from? It comes from a place of authority, right? Because if, if someone is not an authority and they're saying, here's where you need to go, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to look like, we're like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, okay. So we need authority in order to speak forth Vision, without biblical authority, there's no biblical vision and direction and the people get scattered. And what it looks like in in a, a bodily function, it looks like someone with a disease where your body is now not functioning and you're, you're, you got your hands going this way, you got your other hands going this way and you're, you're discombobulated, right? You're not fully functioning the way you're supposed to because you're not doing it the God way all the way. And this is the way that God created humanity to to function. This is the God way. So let's go back to this vision of what the church ought to look like. Unity, knowledge of Jesus, maturity, gentleness, kindness, right? All, All of these different aspects. How do we get there? How do we get to that point of us being that? Well, we got to do it the God way. And one of the ways that God calls us to do that is the way that he stewards this power and authority, and gives it to specific people in order to lead his church. This would often be referred to as the fivefold ministry, the ministry gifts, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to lead God's people into unity, into maturity. And so this would obviously be a part of spiritual gifts. And what are spiritual gifts? Well, they are not our own giftings that we muster up. They're not our own talents. They're not our own skills that we grow in. They're God-given abilities. God's, we, it, there's nothing that we've done to um, earn it. Right? We, we just say, okay, God, what have you given me? And we, we walk it out. What they're for? They're for building up the body. And so we see a, a few different kinds of gifts within the Bible. Um, we've we spent uh, a big portion of uh, a series going, I think it was called Through You, if you look back in our, our podcast, a message series called Through You, and we talked about the manifestation gifts. So these different categories of spiritual gifts that God has given us, the manifestation gifts, these are available to everyone because of, for the purpose of God manifesting himself. They're by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're functioning in the Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, So these manifestation gifts are available to all of us at any time, anywhere we go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere, and we can access Him everywhere. Right? Motivational gifts is the second type, and we see these in Romans chapter 12. Each one of us, 
are gifted and built and structured in such a way that we have these gifts and we naturally flow into some of these gifts as we would live a life yielded to the Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 12. It says in verse six, having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us. Each one of us has given, been given a grace. It goes on. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, So it's functioning within what God has given each of us individually, right? Manifestation gifts and um, motivational gifts. And then you get the the ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter four. And that's where we're going to go. So if you have your Bibles or your smart apps or not so smart apps, um, you can go ahead and turn turn to Ephesians chapter four. Now, I want you to, to recognize that as Paul is writing, he's writing to these, this church in, in Ephesus, but also with the expectation that this letter is going to be distributed to other churches in the area. So while there's an immediate context, this is written to a specific church, a specific people, there's an expectation that this is also going to be applied on a larger level. So Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, Paul writes, I, therefore a prisoner for the Lord, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, with bearing in one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Here's where this vision of the church kind of comes into play. You hear all those aspects of the vision that I had communicated already, this unity. There is one body, there is one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope, someone say one, One. that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high and led a captive, a host of captives, he gave gifts to men. In saying that he ascended, what does it mean that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Here's what he gave. Here are those gifts that he gave. Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain the unity of our faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of stature in the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ." from whom the whole body is joined together, held together by every joint which it is equipped. When each part of the body is working properly, which makes the body grow so that it builds itself in love. I want to hit you with a few observations before we go a little bit deeper. Number one, Jesus had a vision and a desire for a diverse yet unified church. 
He knew that we were going to look different, that we were going to talk different, that we were going to think different, that we were going to be different. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you different. (laughs) You're different. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, if we're different and all function in different ways and we're not unified, then we see this crazy type of behavior. But when Christ is here, Christ is the glue that sticks me to you, right? Christ is the glue that sticks me to you. He helps us all be unified and function together. That way, when my arm is trying to pull me this way, and I, I, I can function and actually grab something instead of just like straight up going this way and straight up being pulled this way. I just went off camera, sorry. Jesus is the glue that binds us together. Second observation, Jesus made a way to implement a unified, mature, and thriving church. Listen, this is not an ethereal thought. There is a 100% chance that this will definitely work. If we do it the God's way, 100% of the way, this will work. It's already set. It's already set. How do we know this? Because we look at heaven's reality and everything functioning together and we're invited to pray for heaven's reality right here on earth. This, this will work. And here's, here's an important part. My, my third observation, Jesus decided when the gifts would no longer be needed. Because there will be a time when these gifts aren't needed. Watch. Verse 13, these gifts are to continue on essentially until, until this point, until we attain unity of faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro from the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Is this what we look like now? No. We still need these gifts. We still need these gifts. So what are these gifts and how do, we, how do we see them? I want to let you know that all of these gifts, these five-fold gifts, they all G's. They all G's. Their functions are all G's. They start with G's. Why? Because it helps me remember. Number one, apostle. Apostles govern. An apostle governs. You think about uh, maybe like Governor... What's his name? Brad Little. He has um, budgets under him. He has people in authority over him. He places people in certain places. This is what this is what an apostle does. An apostle is constantly looking to building building something. Um, you may have seen this a little bit in me if you've been paying attention closely. Let's go, let's build this, let's go. Let's, we need this part going and we need this part going and we need this part going. And, and then once that done, that's done, we've got another church that we've got to go plant and then, we, and then we've got another church and then we've got another city and then we've got, right? There's always more to more and more and more. To, let's go build. Let's, let's go build. So the function of, of uh, an apostle is to pioneer. They're to build, they're to appoint. We see this with Paul. Remember how Paul functioned as an apostle. 
He would go from place to place. He would preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit would convict of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. People would give their lives to Jesus. And then and there, he would identify leaders within that place to begin calling up and put them forth and say, hey, you're, you're a pastor. You're a so-and-so. You're a so-and-so. And place them in this place of authority. And then he would go on to the next place and do it again. We need, we need these apostles. You know who the best apostle who ever lived was? Jesus. Anytime you ask a question in church, it's probably safe just to say Jesus. Even if it's not the right question, it's always the right, the right, always the right answer. So just say Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Jesus. Okay. It, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Second one is prophet. A prophet is a guide. I remember when I gave my life or a, well, yeah, I guess I could say that. I was going to say when I gave my life to Jesus because it's so easy just to go into testimony time. But when I gave my life to my wife, because that rhymes too, when we got married a year after that, we went on a, uh, an excursion. We went to Rosario Resort on Orcas Island in Washington. And we got ourselves some horsies. And we went on this little trek with some, some horses. But what we needed was a guide, because if you put us on horses and let us go, we're going to get lost in a ravine, and we're never coming back until maybe the rescue helicopters come out. But we, we needed this guide to show us the direction of, of where, where to go. And we need that within the church, too. These prophets who will guide us in this direction, who will see and be aware of what is God calling us to do? What is God calling us to look like? We need these prophets, these guides. Then there's the evangelists, and evangelists gather. G. Evangelists gather. They're like those people magnets. I had this little illustration that I forgot to get, but it's this uh, magnet and all of these people are like, like flying over to him, right? We've got some of those here. We've got some, some real gatherers that people just flock around them. And, uh, and as they flock around them, the purpose of their empowerment is to speak Jesus, right? is to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ is to use that gathering skill. Gift, not skill. Verse, or uh, uh, number four. Pastor shepherds, they, they guard. A pastor shepherd guard. You think of like a, a shepherd with his staff, and um, I think of like the stories of, of David when he is shepherding his, his flock. It says that there would be lions and there would be bears that would come and try and take one of the sheep and, and he would get his sling out or whatever else and drive these things off. This is what a, a, a pastor shepherd does. Make sure uh, that the flock is, is safe. And what I've been recognizing about these fivefold ministry gifts is, uh, at least within myself, I've seen it kind of shift according to the purposes of the Lord. And so, believe it or not, this used to be kind of like a primary walking for me as, as a, a, a pastor, shepherd, of always, like, we're caring for people. But what I've also been learning is that if something is lacking, and, we're, and the Lord is allowing us to see that, we're going to look for those who have, who, and who are walking in this gifting, who the Lord is empowering to walk in this gifting, and call them up and release them. Right? I know that in this season, as I'm visioneering, as I'm pushing forward, that I'm not doing as well as I should be with 
shepherding people, with walking with people. With, I'm, I just struggle at it at the moment. And so I've got these people around me who I'm saying, God's empowered you to lead people, to walk with people relation, relationally. And so we've, I've asked David to be, to be on staff with us to help us with that. I've empowered Jen, said, hey, go, go be in relationship with people because I can't do it right now. Shep, uh, Pastor Shepherd's guard. And then we get to the teachers and the teachers ground. The teachers ground us. The teachers bring us to this place of saying, all right, this is what the scripture says. And we need to know what the scripture says because it's the breathed word of God. And so one of the things that we need to do within our church context right here, right now, is to continue just to be aware. Who has God empowered to do what? And let's, let's empower them. Let's give them a place. Why? Because these people were empowered for a purpose. What's the purpose? To build the church. To continue to grow the church. To grow each of us. Um, and, and then as they pour in, the rest of the church is supposed to do what? Minister. So it, it's this continual like pouring into. God's pouring into me. I'm pouring into others. They're pouring into others. They're pouring into others. It's this beautiful framework of how God has called, called us to function. So God's, God has all authority. And he's given authority to some people. And he's empowered them. So let me ask a few questions. And we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here pretty shortly. Now, if you could come. I just want to ask these questions of practicality. Number one, are you allowing this or are you blocking this? When it comes to the authority that God has placed in your life, are you allowing it to speak into you or are you blocking it? In, in essence, what I'm asking within this is, are you allowing the blessing of God or are you blocking the blessing of God? Because if it's not God's way, all the way, then the blessing will be delayed. Where are you seeking the leaders of our church to get you into the place where you're supposed to be functioning within this body? Are you actively asking, like, where am I supposed to be plugged in? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be growing? Where should I be serving? What if you don't already have that conviction of the Holy Spirit, that leadership of God speaking into you, there are leaders here who are empowered to help you figure that out. Where are you asking for leaders' guidance? Again, anybody have all the answers in here? I was hoping I'd have at least one, but hey, oh, there it is. Look at that, the word of God. The word of God, amen. Amen. But where that happens to, where the struggle sometimes is, is taking that word of God and now plugging that into a practical place of life. Like, what's God t calling me to do for my profession? Where's he calling me to go to school? Where's he calling me to serve? What's he calling me to do? Right? 
And so these leaders get to pray with you and sit with you and listen to the Lord. And actually, I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is empowering them to help you figure out where you're supposed to go. Where they are attempting to gather people, are you helping that process or are you hindering that process? So where the gatherers are saying, hey, let's, let's get together, let's do this in a group, let's unify here, let's do this. Are you, are you jumping on board? Are you helping with that? Or are you, are you blocking that? Where they are trying to protect you, these shepherds, where they're trying to protect you by warning you of doing things or warning, things, warning you of things that are going on in your life or warning you of things that you're allowing to filter in through your life. Are you blocking the blessing or are you welcoming it? I'm constantly asking, how can I, how can I grow? How can I do better? Do you see anything in my life? It, right? I, I, I'm asking this of the Lord and I'm asking this of people who are speaking into my life. Is that a normal thing for you? How much are you pressing in to learn from the teachers at our church who are keeping us grounded in your word, in his word? Right. So we see a practicality to every single one of these gifts that God has given us. So I'm asking that the Lord would reveal those to you this morning. So Father, I, I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, by your conviction, I ask that you would speak to each person. Lord, if there's any blocking, that you would reveal it to them and help them to stop the blocking and to welcome in your blessing, to welcome in your direction. Move here, Lord. Move here in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, in the seat backs in front of you, we're a church all about helping you take steps with Jesus. And so we've got these Growing With Jesus cards. Take a look at that. Everybody has a place in these, uh, in these steps. So read through them. If you have any questions about them, let them know. Prayer teams, if you would go ahead and come forward. If you guys have anything that you want or need prayer about, we believe that the Almighty God hears our prayers and responds to our prayers. And so we'd love to partner with you this morning. Amen? I love you, and we will see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you didn't get a chance to give already, you can send a text message with a cash amount to the phone number 84321. Remember, the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.